0: الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وإنعوى الثاد لكشرة about the third lesson in the introduction to Aqeedah. Uh, Today, insha'Allah ta'ala, we're going to be speaking about Bi'awni wa Tawfiqih. We're going to be speaking about Asma' names wa Alqab, nicknames. For who Ahlul Aqeedah as sahiha The people whose aqeedah is sound, what names do they have? And what names were given to them? So I'm going to mention the name, and I'm also going to mention the evidence for those names. Where did they come from? Who gave them that name? That is what we're going to do inshaAllah ta'ala today. So, Asma' أهل ahlul is sahihah. and alqab, in English it would be names and nicknames. For who ahlul aqeedat is The people who have sound creed, The aqeedat is sahih, correct aqeedah, they have names. But their names is taken from the Nususul Wahiyain, it's taken from the Quran and the Sunnah. They don't just give themselves a name. So, inshallah, we're going to go through those names. First one, inshallah. First name that they have is that they're called Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah. They are called Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah. As you can see from the name, the name is compounded of two words the word as sunnah and al jama'ah. Ahl means people, family. Your ahl is your family. Here, what it means is the people of the number one sunnah and number two wal jama'ah. So, we're going to expand on that. bi bi'ithnilahi al kareem. The word sunnah, we've already spoken about it in great details, correct? So what does sunnah here mean? What did we say sunnah meant according to the people of Aqeedah? ما يقابل ما يقابل البدع We said that sunnah according to the scholars of Aqeedah it means ما يقابل البدع What does yuqabilu mean? That which is in direct opposition towards innovation. So they are the people of the sunnah. They are in direct opposition towards innovation. They do not innovate. The innovation is or it's amali. neither of those two is present in them, I'tiquadi means an innovation which is a belief you believe something in your heart, this is the belief of the khawarij who believe if a Muslim does a major sin, if a Muslim, he does a major sin, that he's a disbeliever. If he drinks khamar, they believe he's a kafir. So they believe major sins makes a person a disbeliever. This is the i'tiqad which is bid'ah. Is that crystal clear? The second one is Amali. it's action it's not a belief but it's a what? it's an اعتقاد which is Amali. it's action based this is also not present with Ahlul Sunnah neither of those two are found in them they believe that we only do what we find in the Quran and the Sunnah now here you have to ponder here brothers and I want you to focus here the reason why they are called Ahlu Sunnah and not Ahlul quran is because no one denied the Qur'an something that was already agreed upon everyone admitted and accepted the Qur'an this is a al latifah Shaykh Al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Al-Qayyim in his kitab المرسلة, they pointed this out Shaykh Al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah he mentions it Shaykh al Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentions it in his kitab Mujmal al-Ittiqadi Sunnah to Al-Jama'ah. He mentions his kitab Bayan al-Dalil fi Botulani Tahleel. And he mentions it in his al-Fatawa. Ibn al-Qayyim he mentions it in Sala'iq al-Mursala. And he also mentions it in his kitab Igathatul Lahfan. But don't mention, with the don't busy yourself with the references. Just know that the term Ahlus Sunnah was given to them because the Mawtin al-Niza'ah. The point of argumentation and conflict between the early generation was due to the Sunnah. Okay? How was there a conflict between them and the Sunnah? They were rejecting the Sunnah in two ways. There was a Rafd Mutlaq. What does Rafd Mutlaq mean? complete and total rejection of the sunnah. And we have a group like that today. What do they say? They call themselves the? Qur'aniyoon they call themselves. They're not Qur'aniyoon haqiqatan. Because if, you, if you're a Qur'ani and you follow the Qur'an, the Qur'an tells you to follow the what? Sunnah. So they are not Qur'aniyoon. Are we all together? This is a mutlaq, Total rejection of the sunnah. And say there's no the sunnah we don't accept. We only accept the Qur'an. And Allah in many places in the Qur'an, He commands us to what? Follow the sunna fala shajara لا في مما wa in another Allah says amran in another place Allah subḥānahu wa ta'ālā he says In kana kāna qawlul-mu'minīna idhā in another ayah Allah says in another ayah Allah says, All of those ayats, what do they show and much more? That we have to follow the, that? we have to follow the Sunnah. So they are not Qur'ani, they are not Quran. Because they are not following the Quran. The Quran is commanding them to do what? To follow the Sunnah. So that's the first type, مطلق, complete and total rejection of the sunnah. The second one is, it's called raft, which is juzi. Rafd juzi means we accept the sunnah, but we only accept that which is multitude narration, mutawatir. If it's singular narration of few in number, we don't accept that. That's a type of rejection of the sunnah. But it's a rough juz'i. Are we all together? The second type is dividing the sunnah into two by calling it sunnah which is mutawatir. Mutawatir means what? Large in number. Multitude narration. They say we will accept that one. Okay. But what about if it's not large in number? What about if it reaches us in few number? They say, we don't accept that. In what? In aqeedah. This is a type of rejection. But this type of rejection is a raft juz'i. It's a what? It's a partial rejection. It's a what? Partial rejection. The Ahlus Sunnah, they do neither of those two. Are we all together brothers? They accept the Sunnah in totality. Does that make sense? So that's why they are called Ahlu. Ahlu Sunnah. Well, jamaah The second part of their name is that they are called. They are called Al-Jama'ah. What does the word Al-Jama'ah mean? Al-Jama'ah means. Al-Adadu Al-Kathir. Al-Jama'ah means when it's a group of people it's a group Jama'a means al-jama'ah means group that is what it means in the language it's any individuals or any people who unite they come together on a matter Shaykh al-Islam says whether it's good or bad it doesn't matter it's anyone who come together in the Arabic language if they come together and they unite and they are now called a jama'ah a group whether what it doesn't matter what brought them together whether it's good or whether it's bad they are called a jama'ah this is in the language are we all together brothers? this is according to the Arabic language lakin in the Sharia. In the Sharia, what does Jama'a mean? In the Sharia, what does the word al-Jama'a mean? Imam Abu Sa'ad al-Shatibi, and I want you to write that name down. It's because it's very important that you do. Al-Imam Abu Ishaq al-Shatibiyu, Al-Shatibi. the reason why I mention Abu Ishaq is because there's another Imam whose name is called Abu Al-Qasim al Abu qasim al is the Imam of Qiraat, the Quranic recitation, that's Abu Qasim al-Shatibiyu, that's another Imam. That's so a what? Another imam. This imam is called Abu Ishaq al-Shatibi. So the are two different Shatibis. This is another Shatibi. He mentions that in the Sharia the word Al-Jama'ah has five meanings. In his Kitab Al-I'tisam, he mentions this in his book Al-I'tisam. Al-Imam Abu Ishaq al-Shatibi When it comes to the word, let me repeat it slowly, okay? We've just spoken about the word jama'a linguistically. What did we say? It's al-adadul-kathir. It's large number. True or false? We all agree? Do we all agree on that? Now I'm moving on to the shar'i definition. I said the shar'i definition, al-Imam Abu Ishaq al-Shatibi defined it we all together? And where did he define it in? In his kitab, Al-I'tisam. In which book? Al-I'tisam. He gave five definitions. How many definitions did he give? Five. Five different views. Five different statements from the scholars. He brought five of them. So you go to the Kitab al-I'tisam and look at it, inshallah ta'ala. I'm going to summarize those five views for you. Into what? Into two only. All of those five, they go back to two views only. Number one, so Shar'an, the word Al-Jama'ah means number one. It is a Jama'a Amma. And the second one is Jama'a Khasa. Pay attention here with me. Jama'a Amma, it's the general type of Jama'a. General. And the second one is Jama'a Khasa, specific type of Jama'a. Are we all together? what does the jamaat aama mean the general jama'ah. it means the people who have sound al aqeedah and manhaj i'll explain those two inshallah ta'ala Jama'ah Amma is the unity and the the group who share one Aqeedah and one Manhaj. They don't know each other. They live in in different places around the world. One lives in Dubai, a group lives in Dubai. Others live in They've never met each other. But what brought them together and made them a Jama'ah is what? Al-Aqeedah and Manhaj. This is Jama'ah Amma. Are we all together? Does that make sense? Pay attention, this is very vital. What does the word al-aqeedah mean? Aqeedah means, we explained it before, it's the theory side of everything. What is it? The theory of everything. al wa 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 al-Akhir. This is aqeedah. Manhaj is the application of aqeedah. How do you apply your aqidah? Are we all together brothers? This is theory and this is what? Amali, is application. Are we all together? That's the difference between the two. So they share the theory and the application. Wherever you find them, you meet them. They are all taking from the same source, they speak the same, they talk the same, they act the same. Because why? They are all taking it from one manba'a, safi. A pure source. Are we all together, brothers? This is jama'am. It's everybody. Who has the same mu'taqad and same manhaj. The second type. Is the imam of the Muslims. Imam, imam al-Muslimin. And the people who are under the imam, this is a jama'ah. They are not allowed to go against it. They have a Muslim leader over them, who's governing them, who are, he who's there, and they are underneath that leader who they've given a pledge of allegiance. They are not allowed to deceive him, so they have to stay in that position. This is a jama'ah which is khasa. لذلك well, if you pay attention to the hadith of Hudayfah ibn al-Yaman. When the Prophet وسلم, told Hudayfah that there's going to come a time and the trials and tribulations that the Prophet mentioned to him. In that hadith, Hudayfah said, فَإِذَا لَمْ What about if there's no imam that day? وَلَا There's no jama'ah. Scholars here like Imam nawi Al-Imam Ibn Hajar Rahimahullah, Ibn Battal, Al-Karmani, Al-Qastalani, and others, Shuraah of the books of this, and Mufim, Abu al-Abbas al-Qurtubi, they all mention, if there is no jama'ah khasa, meaning you're not in a country under a leader, there's, that country doesn't have, have doesn't have no government, there's still a jama'ah, you are with the people whose Mu'takad and aqidah is sound. That's your jama'ah. Are we all together? If you don't find any of that, there's no imam and there's nobody whose mu'taqad is in your land, then the Prophet said to him, Walau bi asri shajarah hatta yudrikaka wa anta ala Don't make a group. Don't initiate a sect. Go away from all of that. And do what? Hold on to the root of a tree until death comes to you. Meaning, some of the other riwayat mentioned, go to the livestock. Go to the outskirts. Stay away from the trials and the tribulations that are taking place. Are we all together? Ibn Jarir al Tabari said, hold on to asli shajara here means, the asal here means go back to the kitab and the sunnah. And hold on to that and leave everything else. Leave the people's opinions. So one more time. Jama'ah khasa means the Muslim leader and the people who are under that leader. Every country has their own country leader and they have their own issues. Lakin even then there's a jama'ah which is between all of the Muslims who share the same aqid and the same malhaj. This is what? Jama'a amma. This is the kalam of al-Imam Abu Zhaq al Ibn al Qayyim, Rahimahullah, Arimam Ibn Taymiyyah, Abu Qasim Hivatullahi Ella Ka'iyu, uh Kawamus Sunnah Abu Qasim at Taymiyyu. All of the Aqwa it's restricted to these two. Does that make sense? I summarise all of the views for you. So now we understand the term Ahlu Sunnati Waljama. Are we all together, brothers? So pay attention to this, brothers. When a person says, I am Ahlul Sunnah wal all of that which we mention has to be present in them. You can't say I'm Ahlul Sunnah and you reject the hadiths and you give precedence to your own whims and desires. And you take the hadith when it fits you and it goes in line with what you like, and when you don't, you turn away from it. Are we all together, brothers? al-Sunnah is a title and it has under it a meaning and a reality and so you have to come with that reality you have to come with that the second name that the people whose aqidah is sound they have is that they are called as salaful salih so we're now going to we're now going to get rid of this one has everyone understood this one before i move on does anyone have any questions regarding it first this is clear, huh? Crystal clear. What? they are called as-salaf, as-salih. What does the word a salaf and as-salih mean? The word a salaf in the Arabic language, it means, man taqadama, anyone who precedes you. Anyone who goes before you is salaf. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, Afallahu ammasr. Salaf means anything that precedes, anything that goes forward before you. Salaf can mean two things. It can be zaman, which is time, and it can be a manhaj. Salaf in terms of timing. Which is Zemani. When the ulama they say as-salaful salih, they don't mean time only. They're not looking at time. What are they looking at? Because if we say time, then who would fall under that? Abu Jahal, Abu Lahab, because they have preceded us in time. And did they live at the time of the Prophet? They did. But when we attribute ourselves, we're not attributing ourselves to them. Are we all together? We're attributing ourselves to a people who've preceded us in time and they also preceded us in what? Together simultaneously. Does that make sense? Salaf means anyone who preceded you. The person is then called. It's called Salafi. This ya is the ya of ascription. In Arabic, what is it called? The ya of? Kitabi, my book. So you're attributing to yourself and you're ascribing yourself. Because it's the word salaf. Sin, lam, fa. This ya means my salaf. So you're attributing the salaf to yourself, right? Hmm? This is the ya of ascription. A madaya of attribution. Pay attention here now. If you're attributing yourself to them, you are not attributing yourself to those who preceded you in time. Because those who preceded you in time consist of evil people like Abu Jahal and Abu Lahab and Jaham ibn Safwan and the likes of these people, Sah. You're referring to a people who preceded you in what? In timing, and they also preceded you in what? And they preceded you in manhaj or mu'taqad, whichever one you want to call it. They preceded you in virtue. They preceded you in virtue and timing. Are we all together? Does that make sense? That is what, so the person is now called a what? The person calls himself Salafi. The question here is now, this time that you've mentioned, Abdul Rahman, are they restricted at a particular time? Is a particular time or is it just unrestricted? It's restricted to the three noble generation. So the first one is, Khayrun nasi qarni, the time of the Prophet Zamanun nabi the time of the prophet sallallahu and the second one is the tabi'in and the third one is tabi'u and the third one is the tabi'u al tabi'in these are the three based on the prophet sallallahu statement where the prophet said khayrun nasi qarni thumma alladhina yalunahum ثُمَّ yalunahum so the prophet mentioned how many generations? so you're saying this is these three generations are called al qurun al qurun al qurun al al this is the golden generation. This is the most virtuous. But is it just time? Because in those time, who lived? al Nabisa Azam, who lived? Abu Jahal, I said it, Abu Lahab. al Tabi'een, who lived? Uh, evil people lived at the Zaman of the Tabi'een. And the Tabi'u tabiin evil people lived at that time. Sahih. So it's not just the time of those three, but it also is virtue. They preceded you in virtue and they preceded you in timing. Does that make sense? This is called Salaf al-Salih, the pious predecessors. We call ourselves in order to attribute ourselves to that time because the Prophet said, خَيْرُ nasi," The best of people. So if they're the best, we want to be with them. Are we all together? So the person calls himself, he uses that term, Salafi. So Salafi doesn't mean that there's a leader in charge who looks at people and says, where's your ID card? Show it to me. Okay, you can come in. You leave. It's not. It's any individual who follows the Prophet and his companions and he also follows the tabi'een and he follows the tabi'u tabi'een. How? In belief and in action. What does he follow them in? Two things i'tiqad everything you believe they believed it you also follow them in what? amal some people today's understanding of the salaf is only aqidah they restricted the salaf salaf, to only So they only believe them in aqidah but when you look at the manners and the way they deal and the way they talk and the way they carry themselves and that's not how the Salaf were. The salaf had manners. The salaf carried themselves in a particular way. They, were, they acted in a particular way. It has actions to it. The Salaf used to pray Sunan and Nawafil. They used to pray with the Jama'atul Muslim in the masjid. Never prayed at home. The salaf is big. It's not restricted only to Aqeedah. Are we all together, brothers? Well, that's why they wrote books on. Aqeedah, and at the ending, what did they add to it? Manners. Aqeedah al wasatiyah At the ending, it has manners in it. Are we all together? The kitab, Aqeedah al wasatiyah which is a Aqeedah book. At the ending, Ibn Taymiyyah adds to it what? Akhlaq and Adab. Because following the Salaf is in everything. So you follow them in the Aqeedah, and you follow them in the Amal. Does that make sense? If you do, do that. If you do that, you are a Salafi whether you call yourself or not. You don't have to call yourself it. It's not a must. But you are. Because you follow the Salaf in your aqeedah and you follow the Salaf in what? That's it. That's all that was needed and you came with it, you are a Salafi. Whether you know or not. You don't have to give yourself the name. You don't have to flag it around. It's, that's all it is. وَلِذَلِكَ there are some who call themselves Salafi but the Salaf is on a valley and they are on another valley and there are those who don't call themselves Salafi, Salafi but they are when we look at their aqeedah when we look at their action everything is in line with al المفضل the early generation does that make sense? so then changing the name doesn't really change the reality صح? are we all together? The Prophet ﷺ told us there's going to come a time a people are going to name Khamar يُسَمُّونَهَا بغير اسْمِهَا They're going to call it other than its name. Riba is called what? Interest. When did it become interesting? And Allah wa ta'ala says يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ وَيُرْبِي الصَّدَقَاتِ A good name is being given to it. So this doesn't change the reality of the fact that Allah is going to destroy riba. Does that make sense? So good name doesn't change something. So giving yourself a name doesn't make you something. What makes you something? The application. The living by it. That's what makes you you a, a person of that belief. Does that make sense? We're now gonna move on to no, uh, what's the Ya'un Nisbi? Ya'un Nisba is what it's called. The third name that they have, in which they are called, is that they are called Ahlul Hadith. The third name that they are called is Ahlul Hadith. They're called what? Ahlu Ahlu Hadith. Again, as you can see, the term Hadith is being mentioned again, and not Quran, because the Nizah, the debate and the arguments, was never about Quran. What was it about in the early generation? Sunnah Hadith. So Ahlu Sunnah. Sorry, they're called Ahlu Hadith. What are they called? They are called Ahlul Hadith. What does the word Hadith mean? Logatan in the language, it's what? Diddul Qadim. It's the opposite of what? It's the opposite of old. Hadith is anything new, it's like Jadid what does hadith mean? Hadith is anything new in the language, in the Arabic language. It's the opposite of al-qadim, old. Al-qadim is anything that's old. Hadith is anything that's new. It's like the word jadid, logatan. But what does it mean, istilahan, technically? What does it mean? What does it isطilaahan mean? It means anything that's attributed to the Prophet ﷺ. ما أضيف إلى النبي ﷺ من قولين, The speech that's attributed to the Prophet. من قول أو فعل تقرير أو تقرير أو صفة These four, in which... The it's attributed to the Messenger Alaihi Wasallam. It's called Hadith. Any any speech that's attributed to the Prophet, any speech, any action that's attributed to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, consent. So the Prophet sallam, his speech, his goal is what what he says. And he said that Prophet sallam Amalu. mal is what. That's a goal. Inam al Amaru is a what? It's a speech of the Prophet. That every action is what is intended from it. That's called a what? It's a speech of the Prophet. That's a hadith. The second one is a what? It's a fi'il. Fi'il is what? An action. Fi'il is a what? An action that's attributed to the Prophet. ﷺ. Who could give me an example of a Prophet's action? Ha <coughs> <laughs> <oot> the Siwaq. Can Siwak. The Prophet used to use the siwak. That's a fi'l. The salah that he used to pray, and how he used to pray. Hajj. All of these are his actions. Are we all together brothers? The second thing is, the third thing is, taqreer. Taqreer means what was done in his time, alayhi salatu wasalam, in which he consented to. The reason why I didn't say in his presence, and I said in his, in his time, is because that If that thing happened at its time, Na'am, the Prophet did not see it, but who saw it? Allah. And Allah will tell the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this action that the companions are practicing is wrong. So he will tell them, don't do it. If he doesn't say anything to them, what does that mean? That it's allowed. Are we all together? So anything that the Prophet saw the companions do or happened at his time and he did not object and say, stop this. He was quiet about it. This is permissible. There are many things that the companions used to practice that Allah T.W.T. told them not to do. And there are things that they used to practice that the Prophet ﷺ knew they were practicing it. Um, they practiced it at his time and he never objected. Like the hadith of Jabir عنه, where he said, Kunna wal yanzil. We used to do quarters interruption whilst the Qur'an was coming down. We used to prevent having children with our wives whilst the Qur'an used to come down. And the Messenger ﷺ never objected. Jabir is using the fact that the Prophet was quiet. Are we all together? And there were things that the companions used to practice and they used to do that the Sharia came, and that's the overwhelming majority of things. Sharia came and it, and it stopped them from doing it. For instance, they used to say connect Allah's Mashiach, Allah's will, with the Prophet's will. Ida Allah wa Sha'A Muhammad, they said. What did he say when he, when he saw them say that? He corrected them and he said, Say إِذَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ شَاءَ مُحَمَّدٍ أَمَا إِذَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ Are we all together? He corrected them. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. وَلِذَلِكَ تَأَخِيرُ الْبَيَانِ فِي The messenger will never watch his companions do something wrong and be silent about it. He will never delay correcting them straight away. Are we all together, brothers? Does that make sense? Even if it happened in a place other than where he was, Allah will inform the Messenger wasallam, that this thing is wrong. They shouldn't do it. Are we all together? Because the revelation was coming down. And Allah used to inform the Messenger وسلم, what was happening. This is called, cool day. At-taqreer. Taqreer means consent. The Prophet watches it and he lets him do it. This is called a taqreer and it's a, it shows permissibility. It's an approval. it's an approval from the Messenger. Like in pay attention, the, prophet, the Prophet's action alone does not show obligation. Memorize this, okay? And learn this. The Messenger's mere action. Does everyone understand that? The mere action of the messenger, فِعُلُهُ الْمُجَرَّدِ Just the Prophet doing something, it doesn't show obligation. It shows permissibility, but it doesn't show obligation. Are we all together? If the messenger does something, it doesn't show that it's obligatory to do it. Unless it what? Unless a speech goes with it. The speech of the Messenger shows obligation. Are we all together? Obligation is taken from the speech, not from the Prophet's actions. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. Okay. When the Prophet was praying the salah, what did he say to the companions first? He said, Sallu. Sallu. Kama ra'aytumuni. Ha, sallu. Pray. Isn't that the command? Now, when, you, when he prays the salah, what do they have to do? What do they have to do? They have to follow him in the salah. But if he didn't say, Sallu usalli, and he just prayed, will that show obligation? No. no. Are we all together? Hajj, when he was going, what did he say to them? Take from me. Are we all together? Because the Prophet's actions, some of them are not shari, they're not legislations from Allah. What are they? They are his natural behaviour. Sahih. They were his what? His natural behaviour, the way Allah created him. Are we all together, brothers? But if he does something, it shows jawaz, permissibility. It doesn't show obligation, but it shows permissibility. Same with consent. If he consented to something, it shows permissibility. The fourth one is the Prophet ﷺ is sifa. The Prophet sifa are two types. Sifa means his characteristics. Ama description. It's two types. Sifa khuluqiyah which is his manners khuluqiyah which is what his manners and the way he carried himself and the second type is what khilqiyah 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 means what the way allah created him sallallahu alaihi wasallam the way and this is where you study in the book of what shama'il Shama'il. Shama'il al Muhammadiyya. By Imam Tirmidhi. Tirmidhi, what does he speak about? The way that the Prophet ﷺ looked. How tall he was. How his shoulders were. How his beard was. How his neck was. How his palms were. Are we all together? How his jaw was. This is how Allah created him. Khuluqiyya was his manners. How shy he was, alayhi salatu wasalam. Are we all together? All of these are called hadith. What are they called? All of that is, it's called a hadith. The hadith is categorized into two. Okay, now we've understood what hadith means. Linguistically and, we've understood it. This ish, um, concept of hadith, the scholars they categorize the knowledge of hadith into two. Ilmul Hadith, diraya, and the second one, which is ilmul Hadith riwaya. The scholars they categorize the knowledge of hadith into how much? Into? Into two. The first one is the knowledge of hadith in terms of diraya. What does dirayah mean? It means the meaning in the hadith. Fiqhul hadith. The meaning that's taken from the the meaning that's taken from the hadith and the rulings that are taken from it. Are we all together, brothers? This is called Ilmul Hadith Dirayah. The Prophet said in a hadith What does the hadith mean? Are we all together? Going into this hadith and the meaning that's in this hadith and extracting that out, that's called Ilmul دِرَايَةً knowledge of hadith in terms of the meaning that is in it. Does that make sense? Does everyone here understand that? Huh? The second one is ilmu al means the chain of how the hadith reached us. How did this hadith come to us? So that same hadith amalu Bukhari narrated it. Who did Bukhari narrate it from? He narrated it from his teacher he narrated from his teacher, uh, Abu, uh, Abdullah ibn Zubair, Al-Humaydiyya Abdullah ibn Zubair, who narrated from Muhammad Ibrahim al who narrated from Ibrahim ibn Al-Qamah, who narrated from Yahya Al-Ansari, al ibn Abi Waqasa Laythi Umar ibn Al-Khattab. So the hadith is, Bukhari says, I heard this from my teacher, whose name is what? Al-Humaydiyya Abdullah ibn Zubair. Who heard, who heard it from who? Who heard it from Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi, who heard from Yahya ibn Said al-Ansari, who heard from Al-Kama ibn Abi Waqaas al-Laythi, who heard from Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala who heard from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is now called the riwayah, the chain of the the chain of the the chain of this particular hadith. Does that make sense, brothers? This is ilmul mul hadith Does that make sense? The scholars they categorize that. This is where you study Mustalahul Hadith. This is where you study Mustalahul Hadith, the science of hadith, and etc. Does that make sense, everybody? Now the scholars they say when we say Ahlul Hadith, what is it meant? What is meant by Ahlul Hadith? Does it just mean those people who have this Al-Hadith Riwayatan and Almul Hadith and no one else's? Is that what it means? The scholars, they said, no. There are two levels of Ahlul Hadith. Ahlul Hadith, Ala Darajatain. They are two levels. Ah. They are how many? They are two levels. The first level is those who gathered between the knowledge of diraya and Riwayah. They have both. Or they have one of them, no problem. But they have Ilm al-Hadith. They have Ilm of the signs of hadith, either, they know it. And they also know it what? Riwayatan. They know the meaning of the hadith and they know the chain. Or they know the chain and they don't know the meaning. Or they know the meaning, but they don't know the chain. Doesn't matter, they have knowledge lacking. And they also have plus amal. They implement it. They live by it. They live in their hearts, in their actions, when you see them. They are what? They are the people of Hadith. وَلِذَلِكَ When you see them, everything about them, their movements, their gestures, the way they were, it's just they live by what the Prophet did. وَلِذَلِكَ Shaykh al-Bani was mentioned that some, some people, they went and they traveled to see him, to meet him. Shaykh al-Bani rahimahullah ta'ala. And when they went to visit him, they saw the ahadith of the Messenger ﷺ, in his day to day life. He would eat with three fingers. He would sit according to how the Prophet and the companions would. He would act, he would move, he would talk, he would. Because he's living with these people through books. Well, the poet would say um, that if they did not, they were not companions of the Prophet ﷺ, and صاحب, their nafs lived with the Prophet. Every day they're in the room, reading about the Prophet's life, and what he did, and how he acted in this particular situation, and what he chose to say, and how he chose to say it. This person, he finally becomes like the Prophet, in their action and their doings. So they have ilm and they have amal. That's the first level. And the second one is. Those who follow them in the path. They don't have the knowledge. But what are they doing? They are following the people of Hadith. They are what? They are on the path of those people. This is the Aamatul Nas. These are the general mass. They don't have the knowledge, they have the, but they have correct sound belief they follow the people of hadith they follow their understanding, they follow their way this is called, this is the second level are we all together brothers and many virtues have been mentioned for them, let's mention some of the virtues of the people of hadith inshaAllah some of their virtues that Allah ta'ala gave them when the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa حديث افتراق you know. ستفترق أمتي على ثلاث وسبعين فرقة كلها في النار إلا واحدة قالوا من هي يا رسول الله قال الجماعة أما قال من كان على مثل ما أنا علي اليوم وأصحابي الإمام أحمد بن حنبل أو يوتك هذا لا يزال طائفة من أمة ظاهرين على الحق لا يضرهم من خذلهم ولا من خالفهم حتى يأتي أمر الله وهم على ذلك الإمام أحمد رحمه الله الإمام البخاري ابن ماجه علي بن المديني Ahmad ibn Sinan and others they said this hadith that said that's owned, there's going to be one group who are on the truth all the time Imam Ahmad said if it's not so Imam Ahmad said this Bukhari ibn Majah, Ahmad ibn Sinan they said that if it's not ahlul hadith that the hadith is referring to we don't know who else it could be the Prophet said la ta'ifa. there's going to be a group they are always apparent on the truth They're always on the truth لا يضرهم من The person who tries to harm them It won't harm them So pay, pay attention with me on this hadith Because I feel like this hadith is very powerful The Prophet ﷺ tells us here That there's a ta'ifah mansurah a group that's victorious, which we're going to mention, this is one of the names that they have, like in Ta'ifah Mansourah, and Imam Ahmed said, the saved group, the saved sect, are who? Ahlul Hadith. Who also said this? Ibn Majah. Who also said this? Bukhari. Ahmad ibn Sinan. All of them, they said, this is Ahlul Hadith. The saved group is Ahlul Hadith. Okay. The people who oppose them, the Hadith mentioned to us, there's three people against them. How many people against them? Look at the hadith, it mentions to you three types of people. So it mentions two people, sorry, sorry. That's in opposition to them. If you include them, it becomes three. The people of hadith Those who oppose them are two types. Ta'ifatul mansura, the saved group, the people who oppose them are two types. Those who are deceptive. They are deceiving them by pretending to be with them, and whenever the opportunity comes, they pull out on them, or they mention their faults to others. The hadith says, It it doesn't harm them, inshallah, because they have Allah. Khadalahum is those who try to deceive them. And those who are outside, in clear opposition to them. They're not deceiving them. They're clearly telling them, I'm not with you. Also, they cannot harm the people of the Hadith. <laughs> and the one who opposes them. So don't be from the, the ones who deceive the people of the Hadith. And do not be from those who oppose the people of the Hadith. Be from the group that saved them. Are we all together brothers? The Prophet told us the groups are three now. How many groups are we going to have? A saved group. Second one is the mukhalifileen. Those who want to deceive. And we have the mukhalifin. Those who oppose. And you will always find those three are present. Even in your business. Your company that you have. You have the victorious one who are making it. There's a deceptive one in the middle. huh? And those who are opposing you. Huh? The competitors as they call it. Subhanallah, it's so true. So if you want, be from those ta'ifatul mansura, So this virtue is powerful. That Imam Ahmed and Ibn Majah and Bukhari and Ahmad ibn Sinan and others, they said that this hadith is referring to the people of hadith. It's referring to who? The people of hadith. Today, if you look at the hadith of the Prophet the way that it's opposed is in the following. Number one. Al-Hawa, desires. There's a people going against the hadith of the Prophet based on what? Hawa, his desires. Second one is, al Let's rationalize this. giving precedence to your, your rational mind over the textual evidence. It's another form of art. The third one is a thok. This doesn't feel right. <laughs> huh, have you heard all of these? A thok. I have to feel it. Spiritual, I have to... All of this is it's an, terms. These are things that are used to oppose the hadith of the Prophet Ya ikhwah. <inaudible> the Prophet <ﷺ>, he said, Al-mu'minu kal-jabalil al-arif. Yaqeedu haythun the believer is like a camel that's held from the nose. The hadith didn't say the neck. You know why the nose? Because if a rope is put on your neck, you can pull back. You can slightly refuse. But if a rope is put on your nose, the Prophet said, Yaqeedu Haythun Qad. Wherever he's pushed to, wherever he's told to go, he'll go. If somebody puts a rope in your nose and pulls you, what will happen? You'll come fast. But if it's put on your neck, you might pull back. The Prophet said that the believer is like that. That when he's pulled the Nusus, the Kitab and Sunnah, when they pull you to a direction, straight away you run. Straight away you come forward. You all know the Hadith of, or the situation of the Khamar. The Khamar was, if you read the Arab poetry, and you read the Arabic literature, you will find out that the Arabs, they love alcohol. They drank it on another level. It meant a lot to them. There was not a table in which food was served except alcohol was, part, was on that table for them. Read the poetry of the Arabs, Imru Qais and Antara and Shanfara, what they speak about. They always bring somewhere in their poetry, alcohol. That shows you what it meant to them. So when the Messenger ﷺ came, and the Khamr was bit by bit it was banned. And we're going to speak about that in the tafsir, in sh- uh, Usul al-Tafsir. Look what they did. The first ayah that came down was this ayah still didn't make it haram. It just said that there's a benefit in it and there's a harm. But the harm and the, is greater. It didn't stop them. Then one companion he went and he prayed the salah and he read, He forgot the nephew, the negation. Instead of saying we're not going to worship, he said we're going to worship. Because he was drunk. So the ayah came down. Do not come to the prayer unless you know what you're saying. But this still didn't ban them from the alcohol. So the Sahabas, they said, Ya Rasulullah. Allah, please send down to us a direct answer regarding the Khamar. And then what came down? The ayah of Allah, Tabarak wa ta'ala, He says, <speaking in Hebrew> Stay away from it. When this definite answer came, this clear-cut order from Allah came, pay attention, there's a story Bukhari mentions in his Sahih. Anas ibn Malik was at home. And as you all know, Anas ibn Malikin, his mother, Umm Sulaim, she married Abu Talhat al Ansari, who she brought into Islam. Umm Sulaim brought Abu Talhat al Ansari, who's the stepfather of who? A mother f- and the, uh, the. What's it called? It's not a stepfather, it's called a. Eh? Stepfather, right? The stepfather of Anas ibn Malik. Anas ibn Malik was pouring alcohol for them. For his stepfather and for other companions, and then a caller called from somewhere far. So Abu Talhat al Ansari said to Anas, Go and check what is that caller saying? So he stood up to go and he said that the Khamar was made haram. He came back and he said that the man saying that an ayah came down saying that the Khamar is haram. Brothers wallahi pay attention to this. When Abu Talhat al-Ansari heard that, he said, Ya Anas, Iksir al-Jarar, break the glass and pour the alcohol on the earth. Like the way they listened to the hadith, and they listened to the command of the messenger, break the glass and straight away pour this on the floor. And straight away Anas did it. Not one companion in that gathering said, let me just have one more sip. Let me look at this issue. Does it make sense? Where did it come from? Who said it? How did he say it? Why did he say it? The Sahab never asked that question. Because Allah said in the Quran, This is the speech of the believers. When they are called to Allah and His Messenger, the believers, they don't say, Let me think. does it make sense to me. How? Where? What? They don't say that. They say, Allah and His Messenger said that. I hear and I obey. When Abu Dawud narrated in his Sunan, that the Messenger وسلم, one day, he was addressing his companions. And as he was addressing his companions, they were standing and he said to them, sit down. He said to all of them, sit down. As he was saying, sit down, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he was walking outside. He wasn't inside the, he wasn't inside the Masjid. He was outside. As soon as he heard the Messenger's words he didn't even wait to come into the masjid and sit down. He sat where he was. In the street. Outside where he was. He sat down and stayed there. Are we all together brothers? And until we become a people like that, and we become a people who are like that, who follow the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa in everything that we say and do, we will not taste the happiness and the joy that we're looking for. We're never going to receive it. It's from Allah Allah's ways that the people he raises and he honors in this world and in the hereafter, they have to be like those companions I mentioned. Are we all together, brothers? When the Quraysh came to Abu Bakr and they said to him, look at what your friend claims today. Muhammad, you know what he said? He said, what did he say? They said to him, he claims that he went from Makkah to Bayt al-Maqdis, to the seven heavens and then he came back all in one night. This is what your friend is saying, Muhammad. As soon as he heard that, he said, did he say that? He said, yeah, wallahi, that's what he said. He said, wallahi, if he said that, then wallahi, he did. Wallahi, he did. If he said that to you guys, then Muhammad went last night when we were all sleeping and he went to Bayt al-Maqdis and he went high above and he came back down and all of this happened in one night. Naham, I believe it. Why don't I believe him, he said. I believe him. He told me that revelation comes on me day and night. I believe that from him. This is nothing. And he earned the title of being called Abu Bakr al siddiq The Prophet ﷺ said to the people when he was asked, Ayyun nasi ilayka, Who do you love the most? Who means the most to you? And he said, Aisha. And he said, minar Rijali from the men. And he said, Abu her father. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu sallam, between Dhuhr and Asir, he used to sleep. This was his Qailula. He was known to do that. Except one day he chose not to. This was the night of the Hijrah. Or the day of the Hijrah, when he was told to leave. He went and he knocked on the door of Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr opened the door and said, Ya Rasul, it's Dhuhr. This time... He said said, what is it that brought you out of your house Made you walk to me at this time He said Allah commanded me to leave And I want you to be my companion in the journey And he took Abu Bakr with him To that journey But ask yourself What gave Abu Bakr that Is because of his level of believing in the messenger And living by what the Prophet was like And So that's what we need to work to so we can add this title of being from Ahlul hadith Ahlul al wal Jama'ah, follow the Salaf al-Salih. Those, Inshallah ta'ala, are going to be them. Those are the most prominent names that are given to them. Inshallah ta'ala, we're now going to go into the Tafsir class. Inshallah ta'ala, the Usul al ulum al Any question? Yeah. يتبعون. يتبعون. any other question fadal The last the third generation. It's anyone who lives who lived up to up to the fourth century. That's it. From the f- fourth onwards, no. The linguistic of what? Hadith. What is hadith linguistically? The hadith linguistically is Qadim, the opposite of old. In other words, new. Inshallah ta'ala. The third one here. What is the third point that I mention here? Dhawq. Zawq means senses. Any sensory. Whatever Like those who believe, who make their deen based on dreams. Or feeling. A dhok. This feels right. Are you there? It feels right. I felt like I had to do this. The whole religion is based upon my gut feeling. This is dhok. And this is something the Sufiya were the most at. This is the, what the Mu'tazila came with. And this is what all the tawa'if, everyone who went, who went against the, the path of the Prophet ﷺ, desires was always their base. Like in the Sufis, Dok is what they base their deen on. Ah, dhuq, taste and feeling and spiritually uplifted me. And the Mu'tazila, the Mu'tazila, what did they base it on? Huh? Al-aql. Think, smart, be smart. And we have that today. a al-Mu'tazila till today. Those who reject the Quran and the Sunnah based on all what? It doesn't make sense. Logically, this doesn't make sense. Are you with me, brothers? So they, the evidence for them is what? Al-Aqal. So nothing new is what they bring. Everything was already dealt with before. So they only bring those doubts out that the Mu'tazila already brought. The modern liberalists and secularists that you're seeing today, they're just regurgitating and repeating what? That which the Mu'tazila already mentioned. Okay, insha'Allah ta'ala, we're now going to go into the uh, Ulum al-Qur'an.